This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. It's a joy to be back up here. I love, uh, I love this church. Um, I've been coming here for quite some time now. I used to work on staff here, but it's always a blessing to be able to get a chance to get up here and share just what I believe God's put on my heart for some things. And so we've got a few things we're going to do first, take care of some house things. And so if you didn't bring your word tonight, I'm going to encourage you to get that out. So if you didn't bring one, you'd love to flip some pages. Maybe you're not click the buttons, but flip some pages, put your hand up in the air. These ushers, we'd love to get you a Bible in your hand. Follow along with it tonight. If you are newer and need to use your phone, go ahead and pull that out so that you can be clicking on as we go forward. I love, love, love the word of God. It is the one thing I can truly point to in my life to say that has freed me from so much. And so um, I encourage you, make the word a daily part of your life. You know, the Bible says that it's the daily bread. Highly, highly encourage you to make that a daily part of your life. Whatever that takes, even if that's one scripture a day, get that into your life. You'll start to see God continue to move. And so um, we're gonna take up today, tonight's tithes and offerings. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter six. If you're giving tonight, there's lots of ways to give. They'll put them up, on, up here on the screen and just be able to follow along with that. Um, we're gonna talk a little bit about the holiness of what tithing is and that God is the one that dedicated it and committed it to being holy. So in Leviticus 23, or I'm sorry, Leviticus 27, 30, God actually says and he calls the tithe holy. And I love that statement because he set it apart, which means it's set aside. It's something that there is no questions. This is holy. And so I love this. This is one of my favorite go-to scriptures, Matthew 6, 9. And we're gonna read this. Many of you will recognize this very quickly. Jesus is speaking and he says, pray like this. Pretty simple. There's no question. He's just straight out putting it there. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven May your name be kept holy. See, there's something amazing about those two words, kept holy. See, what God is saying right here is our father, so he's identifying something in our lives that sometimes we miss. We treat him as our God instead of our father. It's a whole nother sermon, many things on there, but it's so important for us to understand that he's our father. So he's already looking at us, wanting amazing things to happen, but then along with that, He goes on and he says, our father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. See, I think we do a pretty good job of that. We try to keep the Lord's name in vain out of our mouth. We try to really honor God. But it's amazing that we can keep his name holy, but what God kept said to keep holy, sometimes we don't. And that's the tithe. And so I will tell you this, pastor would stand up here and he wouldn't say, we don't need your tithe because we serve a God who would take care of everything. But what it does in my life when I give my tithe, which I do the moment I get the text message that says, this has been deposited in your account, my very next button I click on my phone is the FCFC app. I click it, I go right in there, I click the give button, it takes me to the page, I put my number in there, I put that in, I submit it, I pay the 35, 30 cents now, the fees that it costs to do all those things, I put that in there. That's the first thing I do the moment that hits my account because I want God to be able to bless everything else. See, he said, keep holy the tithe so the rest can be blessed. 
That's what it comes back down to. And so I love that. Those two words at the very end right there, kept holy. I think that's something we need to think about and I think it's something we need to hold on to our heart. And so let's go ahead and pray, though, pray over that and we'll receive that. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for its truth. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives as we continue to keep holy what you have asked us to keep holy, Father. So Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for its truth. I thank you for those that are giving tonight, Father. Those that are tithing and making a decision right now that no longer will circumstances determine what I'm gonna keep holy, but your word will teach and help me to understand what I'm gonna keep holy. And so Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for those families. I thank you for tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would have hearts ready to hear your word and receive it. I pray, Lord, you would help me to speak this message tonight with simplicity and clarity, driving home points to help people understand how much you truly love them. And that tonight is a divine moment in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me go over a couple of announcements real quick. Faith Closet will be open for 30 minutes after service today. We ask you to pick up your kids before you head up there. Exchange young adults this Friday night. Lots of fun gonna happen. Make sure you're there. If you need more information about that, stop by our information center. And then we've got partnership coming up here real quick. You can sign up online or stop by our information center. We'll get you taken care of right there. And then next week, gentlemen, we got Men of Iron happening. That's what I'm talking about. I will tell you this, if you have not signed up, please sign up. This is a life-changing event. There's something amazing when this many people come together to seek the name of the Lord. I am telling you, this place is gonna be rocking. The Lord has shown me some visions on what's gonna be happening. I promise you this, you will not leave this place not affected by God. God is gonna do something amazing in your life. I promise you, it's not just gonna be another weekend. It's not just gonna be another time at church. There is something big. What God just showed me with some things that are gonna be happening, I am telling you men, do not miss this opportunity. I am telling you, you're gonna walk away changed. Wives, you're gonna be going, that's the man that I am happy to be married to. That's the person. And so whatever it takes, kick him out of the house, drag him up here, tell him you're going to eat dinner, drop him off at the church and leave, whatever it takes. Find a way, get him here. We wanna be a part of that. So. If you, have, if you haven't registered for that, stop by Information Center. You can do that online also. They can get you taken care of. They can get you connected with that. It's gonna be an unbelievable weekend. We've got some great things going on. I've, I know a lot of men that are, have been praying for a lot of, for over a year for this thing. I'm telling you, it's gonna be amazing. So, all right, we're gonna start tonight. We're gonna talk a little bit about faith, but we're gonna talk about control. And really, in our lives, who has control? And that's a decision that we have to choose to make every day. And so we're gonna start in Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn there because we can't keep moving on and talking about faith without truly understanding exactly what God tells us faith is. So Hebrews 11. One of the pastors I listen to, one of the things I do in my life to keep God-centered is I do a couple of things. One, I have a devotion I read every day. Devotions, I, I read, so about seven, eight, 10 years ago, somewhere in there, sometime in that, just the other day, I started a process of going through the Bible in one year. So every year, for the last, I think it's eight years, I've gone through the Bible. And so 
I now do it through different translations and I do it through different things. And so I've gotten better. Um, it, it just brings in such revelation in, in going through some different stuff. And, but I, I love that part. But the other part I do is I listen to a podcast, at least a sermon every day. I have a lot of ones that I listen to. Robert Morris from Gateway Church in, in Dallas is one of my favorites. Robert Madu from Dallas. I guess I like Dallas pastors too. Pastor Stormy, I listen with him. I do those things. I follow along with these things. And one of the things I love about this is when you start getting the word in you every day, it just flows out real simple. It's not forced. It's not awkward. It's just easy. Because that's the way that God created. When the Holy Spirit is moving, things happen. And that's the decision we have to choose to make. But it's a step by faith that you choose to put the word into action. And Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And so in order to get faith, we have to continue to put it in us. And that's the thing I want you to understand about this. That's why I listen to sermons every day. Not because I'm bored, not because I got anything else, but because I wanna get better every day. I wanna make an improvement today on where I was yesterday. Those are the decisions we have to choose to make. So Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So in my mind, it kind of breaks down. Like I have to, like, I just stop down and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. We've got to do these things. And so I love the first part. It says faith shows the reality. Faith shows the reality. That's simply what it comes back down to. It shows exactly what you're hoping for. And it's the evidence of things that we cannot see. And so as we walk through this, faith is really, it shows the reality of what we hope for. This is the best picture of words I've ever heard in my life. Because it's like watching a movie. You're putting out there what you're truly believing for. I love it when pastor, he shared this years ago and it has stuck with me. And he said, at the end of every statement you ever say, put this statement and that's just the way I want it. I'm telling you, you will change the way you speak when you start putting that at the end of it. Because so many people just spout off and they say things without thinking and processing through. And really saying, is that really what I'm believing for? Is that really what I hope for? See, the thing about hope is we have to understand what it is. What God is simply telling us is that faith is laying hold of the unseen realm of hope. See, hope is out there. Hope is something we're seeing. It's going somewhere. But we have to have a direction in order for it to go that way. If I just had a bow and arrow and I was like, I'm gonna hit the target, but I have no target, how do I know if I ever got there? How, if I, how do I know if I ever received what I was supposed to receive or do what I was supposed to do? See, hope sets the target. Faith is the arrow. Those are the decisions we have to choose to make that we walk through that process. See, when we walk into that unseen realm of hope, we bring it into reality, the realm of reality, through faith. See, too many times when it comes to receiving an answer to prayer, many people just simply are hoping, but they aren't waiting to receive with an expectation. See, I know when I, when I read something that says it in here, for example, one of the things that I've done is that every time I come across the two words, I will, I underline it. Because the next statement in there 
God's gonna do. And even tonight, we're gonna go through something that is gonna say, I will, and it's gonna say something. And what you do is you stand on that and you say, I'm holding on to that, I'm sticking into that. It's like when your grandparents would take you out and they were like, your grandpa goes, because it's usually grandpa, grandpa goes, hey, I will take you to go get ice cream. You don't question whether you're going to get ice cream. You know we're going to get ice cream. One, because grandpa's got it, and he always wants ice cream, so we're in on those things. But that's what it comes back down to. There's no question in a child's faith when a grandpa says, I will take you to go get ice cream. Because that I will statement, it's done. It's ironclad. There's nothing, no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's I will, it's ironclad. It's the same thing with God. It's an I will, which is a statement that the next thing will happen. See, we have to trust that. We have to walk through that. See, hoping is just not what we have to have. It's believing that goes with it. Faith and hope. Faith and hope. See, we have to have something out there that we're going after. See, the Bible says faith shows if it's not now, it's not faith. See, we just keep leaving it out there saying, well, let's hope it'll happen someday. But God said, bring it in through faith. That's where it comes back down to. If you wanna know where your faith is at, just listen to the words you use every day. Paints a picture. Do you like the picture you're painting? I'm not a good artist. It's not good when I get a paintbrush. Does not come out. What I have here usually doesn't end up on the canvas. I wish it did, but I'm not that good. I know those words are painting a picture that I've got to believe for something. See, God has given you hope in a future, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? Hope in a future, something that's gonna succeed. You have to stand firm in that. See, you have to have the hope. You just need to live the prayer life out by faith. If it didn't happen today, guess what? It's tomorrow. Because I know this. If you've done it before, he'll do it again. If he's done it before, he's gonna do it again. If he's answered a prayer before, he's gonna do it again. Listen, miracles aren't just a one-time thing. A miracle can happen every single day if you believe for it. It's not just hoping it'll happen. It's standing firm on the word that says, by faith, I know it's going to happen. See, hope is a future tense statement. Faith is a present tense. See, hope is defined in the Webster's Dictionary as to trust in, wait for, or desiring. A biblical definition of it is confident expectation of what God has promised. That's what hope is. Confident expectation. There's no question in those things. That's what it comes back down to. So here, here are two things, possible quotes that you've heard. Hope stands for hold on, pain ends. I don't really like that, but yeah, I get it. Hold on, pain ends. H-O-P-E. Another one I came across says this, hope, the first step towards disappointment. See, depending on who you listen to can really affect how much your hope is really gonna be out there. So you've gotta make a decision. If faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God, okay, if faith comes by hearing that tells me what we listen to is really can affect our lives. And so if you're not listening to things that are impacting and helping you grow, you probably need to change what you're listening to. It's a decision. 
you have to choose to make. See, there are circumstances that you can handle in your lives, things that you can control, which is what I'm gonna allow to go in my ears, what I'm gonna allow to become part of who I am. See, hope lies in dreams, in imagination, and in the courage of those who dare to make dreams into reality. That's a quote by Jonas Silk. See, what I love about that statement is this. He identifies where God's arena is. See, hope lies in dreams, in imagination, and in the courage of those who dare. See, that's all us. To make dreams into reality. That's God's realm. See, what you're doing is you have something out there. When you dare to take the courage step of faith, now you're stepping into God's realm where dreams become reality and you start walking out those dreams. Now, you may think it's down this road, I'm gonna turn left and I'm gonna go down a little bit farther, I'm gonna turn right and I'm gonna be there and I'm at my destiny. But God is like, no, 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 I got an 11 mile walk for you to go this direction. But God, my destiny's over there. Yeah, I know. This 11-mile walk is gonna train you so that you can handle your destiny. Because if I placed you in your destiny right now, you're gonna be like Adam and Eve, and you're gonna mess up, and I'm gonna have to kick you out of your destiny, and you're never gonna experience all that I have for you. So I gotta take 11 miles worth of faith walk this direction in order to circle around to get to the promised land God set for me. See, it's a decision we have to choose to make. We've gotta trust in him. Psalms 121 is where we're gonna go next. Let's turn over there. Psalms 121, I love this. We're gonna stay around Psalms so you don't have to turn too many pages. But for time's sake, I'm gonna go ahead and zip through this. Psalms 121 says, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. See, I love this. I love I love that first statement because there's a lot of mountains we face in our lives. When you start studying the word mountains and you go through all the scriptures that it talks about, when I think of mountains, I think speak unto this mountain. If you speak unto it, it'll be removed. Those mountains that we face in our everyday life. See, I look up to the mountains for my answer. But where does my answer come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. See, mountains are small compared to an earth, compared to heaven. But in our eyes, mountains are big. We can't experience what truly the earth and heaven are truly about because this mountain's so big in front of us. But he said, my help comes from the Lord. So instead of looking at the mountain, let's look at God. Verse three, he will not let you stumble. There's a statement. I said, I will. How about a he will? Let's hold on to that. He will not let you stumble. If you'll sit into him, if you'll lean into him, he said he won't let you stumble. Hold on to that. The one who watches over you will not slumber. He's not gonna sleep on you. He's not gonna forget about you. He's not gonna just stop worrying. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. Now, here's what I did in this. As I was studying this out and I was going through this, what I did is that word right there, the Lord himself, is I took a little arrow, it's kind of hard to see, but I pointed it right back up to remind me who himself is. Who's himself? Oh, that's the creator of heaven and earth. So when I think of the Lord, I can't think of, oh yeah, that's just God. No, 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 that's the creator of heaven and earth. That's the creator of the chair you're sitting in. That's the creator of the iPhone that you're looking at. That's the creator of everything in this world that we haven't even thought of, who God's already got that created. 
That's who we're talking about. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you day by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps, watches, the Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go. Now that's a whole nother sermon on that come and go. What God has called you to do, it's an amazing study when you go look at that, what coming and going means. But it says both now and forever, meaning this, God is not done with you because you screwed up this morning. God is not done with you because you were arguing as you came to church tonight. God is not done with you because you made a bad decision a week ago and you haven't forgiven yourself, yet he has already walked through that. See, God's still got something he's wanting to do with you. See, this is a great reminder of who God truly is in our lives. See, a lot of times I think we have to go back and we have to remind ourselves who God is in our lives. And for me, the best way that I can explain that is this. When you were a child and you got in the car with your parents and they said, we're gonna go to this place, you didn't question if they knew how to get there. You just trusted them. If your kids get in the car, if my son gets in the car, my daughter gets in the car, we're gonna go to Dallas this weekend. And I don't know exactly where we're going, but I can tell you this, the GPS is gonna lead me right there. Do you know I don't question that GPS? I don't go, no, 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 I think I need to turn right here. I follow that thing because I believe it's gonna get me to the place I need to go. The problem is we have more faith in a GPS system than we do in God. See, when we truly start giving God control, just like I give control of my decision-making to that GPS system, it's the same thing with God. There's a great quote that I absolutely love, and it's by a missionary named Jim Elliott. Now, I'm gonna tell you, Jim Elliott's story is unbelievable, so I'm just gonna briefly explain it. He was called in the mission field. He went down to Ecuador, and when he was down there, he had a passion and heart to save and bring to know the Lord many tribes that didn't speak English, didn't speak any language that he knew. Like, he had to go learn all kinds of different languages. He had to go to places that were remote that most people never, ever went to these places, when he was 27 years old, he saw this, he went down to Ecuador, and I think it was when he was 29 or 28, he went to this very remote tribe. It was one of the most dangerous tribes. Nobody ever went over there because all they did was they killed anybody who came near. They flew a plane, landed on a beach, built a tree house, and started praying and asking the Lord to do something with these people. They got them to come one night, two of them came out, and they were able to share a couple of words with him, but they talked to him about the Lord the best that they could. They shared a meal with him, they gave them things, and then they sent him back. The next time, two ladies started coming and they were really excited and so they, all five of these guys went out to help them cross this river that they had to go across. And as they were out in the middle of the river, they realized these women are not coming with welcoming hearts. They're angry. And all of a sudden they realized they were getting ambushed. And all of a sudden warriors from all over the place jumped out with spears and killed them. All five missionaries were killed that day. The story goes on that Jim Elliott's wife ends up connecting with that tribe, brings many of them to know the Lord. Her kids actually lived with the tribes for years and years. It was a big change in everything. But there was a quote by Jim Elliott, 
And he said this, God always gives his best to those who leave the choices with him. Man, what a quote. God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. See, I think too many times we just get worried about which way we're gonna do things. Now, I was gonna explain this video. I saw, I saw this video years, years ago and I came across it and I thought, I can't do it as good as he can. So if you have that video ready, will you throw that up there and let's watch this real quick. All right, so we're talking about giving up control though to God. Not just giving up control, but giving it to God who has all power and all knowledge. So let's use an analogy. Let's say that you're lost in the woods and it's starting to get nightfall and it's about to get cold. You haven't had any water. You haven't found a stream all day. So you gotta get some water. You gotta get someplace to find uh, some dry wood. Maybe it's been raining and you're cold and you gotta get a cave or something and you gotta find some sort of firewood, some sort of flint rock or something to try to get a spark going. And it's starting to get night. Temperature's about to drop. You probably won't make it through the night. And let's say Jesus shows up. And it's really Jesus. It's not just a long-haired, bearded fella. It's really Jesus. I mean, you know it's Jesus. Got the nail prints and everything. It's Jesus. And you say, oh, man, I'm so glad you're here. And, and the Lord says, well, I know we need some firewood cave, and I know there's a cave right over here. And so I need to, we'll just go this way. And you say, well, I just came from that way. And I didn't see a cave over there. He would probably say to you, okay, yeah, but I created these woods. I know where the caves are. And I know where dry firewood is too. And we need to go this way. And then you might say, well, I have a compass and it says north is this way. And he would say, yeah, well, I created north. And you know why your needle moves? Because I created the magnetic field around the earth. Will you shut up? <laughs> because I know more than you know. Now, we say, well, I say if I was in the woods and Jesus, is really Jesus showed up, you know, I, I wouldn't argue with him. Mm -hmm. You've been in the woods a lot and not given control to Jesus and thought you knew more and you knew a better way to do it. But this is why we worship. Because when you truly worship, there's a mystery that happens. The mystery is you abandon yourself to God. And God steps in and takes over and leads you out of those woods. See, there's a lot of times we get in the woods. We think we got it figured out. We think we know how to do it and we know where to go and what to do. But that's not the truth. Sarah, if you wanna go ahead and come up. Psalms 32 Psalms 32 is, is, coincides with Psalms 51, which Psalms 51 is written, King David wrote that right after he was brought out against Bathsheba, basically, that the prophet came to him and said, you know, you've done this, you've done this, and he finally admitted it. And so Psalms 32 is right after those moments. And so it says this, it says, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, 
Your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the flood waters of judgment for you are my hiding place you protect me from trouble. You surround me with a song of victory. Now catch this last part, these last four verses. The Lord says, I will. Again, what did I tell you? You mark that. That's a statement. He has no question gonna do this. I will guide you along the best path for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit or brittle to be able to keep Keep it under control. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and be glad in all who obey him. Shout for joy, all you whose hearts are pure. See, what it comes back down to is this. If you continue to let sin rule your world, he talked about it, you're gonna wither away. You're gonna suffer a lot. But what he said is simply this, God will forgive you if you will give him control. See, God doesn't lead you into sin, we lead ourselves into sin. We're like that horse that's untamed and it's just going wherever it wants. But God said, I will train you and teach you, I will guide you and show you a way. See, we have to make a choice. Are we gonna lean into God and give up control? A perfect example is this. Luke 9, 23, it says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way and take up your cross daily and follow me. See, this is the perfect illustration of what it means for us every day. See, I think a lot of times when we read that verse, we think about the cross we ran around our necklace. Yeah, say, I've got my cross. That's not the cross he's talking about. This is a cross that if you're not careful, you won't carry it daily. When I'm talking a cross, I'm talking it takes both hands. It takes focus. It takes strength. You think about that. When Jesus was carrying that cross, he couldn't do it. And another man had to carry it the rest of the way for him. He carried that cross and he had to focus on those things. If you've seen the passion of the Christ and you've seen that moment, if you've seen any of these videos where you've seen that or picked up and carried something that was unbelievably heavy, that you had to put all your focus into carrying that thing so that you wouldn't drop it, so that you wouldn't lose that thing, that's the focus he's talking about. Because what happens is you're either gonna carry the cross or you're gonna make the decision. You can't do both. Either he's got control or you've got control. So the question comes back down to this. Faith, hope, and love. You have to make a choice. Who's in control? See, we have to do this every single day. It doesn't matter if you've gone to church since the day you were born or this is your first time. See, you have to make this choice. It's what Pastor Shelley talked about. If you felt like you've walked away from the Lord, I can guarantee you this. 
you probably haven't picked up your cross daily. You probably got up one morning and you were tired and you saw that cross and you thought, I'm gonna get it tomorrow. And you walked away and you did your thing and you came back by and you saw the cross and yeah, I'll get it tomorrow. And it happened day after day after day. Listen, God said, I'll forgive you. I love you. I will give you whatever you need. I will lead you. I will give you strength. I will do whatever you need. Just give me a chance. That's what it comes back down to. Who's got control? With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I'm gonna ask you to just simply put that in your heart. Maybe you realize that you haven't given God full control of your life. Maybe you're still holding on to those things. Maybe you haven't picked up that cross in a while. Maybe you've never picked it up. I know this, there is no sin, no thing, no mistake, whatever you wanna name that thing that has ever happened that will keep you from the love of God. The only one that will keep you from God is you. It's time to lay down, give control to God and watch him move. And so if you're in this place, every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm gonna ask you to look in your heart and say, that if that's you, I wanna pray with you. I wanna lead you in a prayer that brings you right back to the feet of God, to his feet, to the best place that you can be. And so if that's you, either maybe you've accepted Jesus, but you realize I've walked away and I wanna rededicate tonight, or you've never accepted Jesus before, this is your opportunity. So if that's you, would you just lift your hand up in the air and say, that's will you pray for me? I need those. I see those hands going up all over this place. Listen, this is between you and God. This is a decision that you're choosing. You know in your heart that you're feeling it. You know, you can feel that saying, I need to make this decision and commitment tonight. And you're simply stating and saying, God, I give you control of my life. So as I look across this room one last time, don't overthink, just trust. Is there anyone else? I see those hands. For those of you that raised your hand, will you pray this prayer loud enough you can hear with your own ears? And for those of you that didn't, would you pray this encouragement of our other friends, our, our brothers and sisters here? Repeat this after me. Say, Father, I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. I invite you to be in control, to lead me, to guide me, to forgive me, and to love me. Thank you for choosing me to be your son, to be your representative. I give you full control of my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.